Being a dad is the most important role a man will ever have. You might be a father to your own children. You might be a father to children that are not biologically yours. You might be a father figure for children without a father. But no matter what you are, you are the earthly father they look up to. Hello, I'm Adam, and this is the Dad, God, and Donuts podcast. Hey everybody, hope you had a wonderful Christmas. We had a great Christmas here at the Dove household. We had a wonderful reading of the Bible story, which is the first thing we do on Christmas morning. My kids love it so much that my daughter, who is 11, has actually taken the leadership in the last two years. She has read the Christmas story. This year we read the passage that I'm going to share during this podcast, but she had her Bible out and she was very excited to share. They were also excited to get up. We always we have a rule that we will get up early on Christmas Day because we're all excited and we're all big kids, even us older, wiser ones. But the goal is 5 o'clock. We heard these tapping on our doors at 4.30. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. We got you coffee for the morning. We're like, 30 more minutes. Usually we're the, we'll are we jump up and down. But we're like, just give us a little more time because if we make it 4.30 this year and next year it's 4 o'clock, man, we might beat Santa pretty soon. But I do know we probably were opening presents while Santa was dumping some down in Hawaii. Who knows where else he was. But we had a exciting morning. We got up. We just had joy, smiles. My kids, the, one of the greatest parts of them getting older is their excitement to give gifts to myself and my wife and to each other and just seeing the joy as they hand them to us and they, the smiles on their face when they got it. Uh, my daughter actually got me a devotional based on the book, The Hobbit, which is my favorite book of all time. So I was able to, it was kind of a cool connection. It was a very um, nice, fancy leather bound Hobbit devotional, which I can't wait to dive into with my next bit of studies. So for most of us, by the time you're listening to this, it's the week after Christmas and Christmas is over, but there's still a part of the story I want to share and I want to talk about. And even in parts of the world, that part of the story is still used as a celebration. January 6th is called Three Kings Day in many places around the world, or also Epiphany, which is used to celebrate the three wise men or the magi or the three kings, whichever name the locale uses to call them by as they visited Jesus. It's one place it's celebrated is in the Czech Republic, where there are parades. So we're done with Christmas, and January 6th, they're still partying. And they, and some people, one of the traditions, is, which is kind of crazy I wanted to share, is people plunge themselves into the freezing cold Blatava River. I hope I said that right to all of my Czech friends, to look for wooden crucifixes. So I guess they put some in there, and they find them as a celebration of the Three Kings Day and the, the gift that we get from Jesus. or what, or what, And then they can find gifts in there as they jump in. Uh, uh, the biggest location where there are Epiphany celebrations are in Spanish-speaking countries or areas areas. They have giant celebrations from Spain to Puerto Rico. Even cities in America, Miami and New York have significant Catholic Spanish-speaking populations, which is where three, which is a big population of our brotherhood that, that celebrates Three Kings Days. Madrid in Spain has a giant parade the evening before to celebrate. In Uruguay, Mexico, and Spain, kids leave shoes under their bed to be filled with gifts the night before the holiday. So gift giving is not over. Some families even, that's their big gift giving day of the Christmas season to follow in with what the Magi have shared. So before I get ahead of myself, I do want to share the the visit of the Magi that is found in Matthew. So we're looking at Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I'm reading from the New International Version. 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star and went and when it rose and came to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least amongst the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That's from Micah chapter 5, verses 2 and 4. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the exact time from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their gifts and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Wow. So today we're going to focus more on the gifts, what the wise men gave, why they gave, and what we can give. Herod's another total discussion that maybe I'll visit next year during the podcast. But today I just want to focus on the wise men and the gifts because think about where most of us are right now. Christmas is over. What do we do now? For me personally, I used to always say that Christmas Day is always my saddest day because I love the season. I love everything. So I need to refocus. We all need to refocus to see where we can go, how we can keep the spirit up. Because what we need to do is we need to keep the spirit. Christmas for Christians isn't about trees, presents, movies, lights, Santa. I could go on forever. All that's great, but it's about Jesus. And Christmas, the season comes to an end. But Jesus... He's not going anywhere. He is going to be here all the time. We're going to have to pack up our lights in a few weeks or months in some cases. But we can't pack away Jesus. He's the gift that keeps giving. That's uh, my favorite Christmas shirt that I actually have that I wear every Christmas Eve under my Christmas clothes as I go to church. And I wear it throughout the season. It actually says, Jesus, the, keeps, the gift that keeps on giving. As dads, we need to keep giving that gift to our kids. Let's take a quick look back at the story of the Magi. It's a story that gives us characters central to our nativity scene, even though they're only in 11 verses of the entire Bible. Some people might ask, well, why are they called Magi? Magi comes from a Greek word, magos, where where the English word magic comes from. Magos itself comes from an old Persian word called magupati. This was a title given to priests in a secret ancient Persian religions and today we call them astrologers. So they weren't necessarily Jewish men. They were Gentiles per se at that time. They were people from other lands, foreigners that wanted to find Jesus. They were called even though they weren't necessarily followers of the time. Our common term for them as is Magi. They've heard the prophecy. They, they researched the prophecy. Part of it is knowing about the word, the word that was shared. We say there was three. I've heard there were even maybe 12 or more. No matter how many magi there were, they followed a star to a fulfilling prophecy. They came to worship. When they found him, 
they bestowed upon him gold gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. A great teaching point that my kids, we always talk about each year is why did they give those three gifts? Well, each of those gifts had a meaning. They weren't just to make us say funny words we might not know or make jokes about Frankenstein at Christmas. Each of them had a very important meaning. Gold is a symbol of Jesus's kingship on earth. It's very valuable. It symbolizes his earthly kingship. Frankincense is a perfume or an incense, and it's a symbol of his deity, of him being God. And myrrh, which is an, is an anointing oil, an embalming oil, is a symbol of his death that will come. So they, they weren't just nonchalantly giving them gifts. All those gifts had a meaning in God's big picture. They traveled to see a child born to be king. The cool thing for us is we don't have to travel. He's with us through the Spirit. We just have to accept, listen, and follow him. I, I doubt you have gold, frankincense, or myrrh in your closet to share, but you do have your time, your heart, and your money that you can use to bless him. Then crazy the, the, the crazy upside-down thing about Jesus is he doesn't want you to give them to him directly. He wants you to give those things because of him to others. He also wants our heart. He wants us to give it to him and be like him. When we, when we do, giving of our time and money are nothing because the heart is his and does things to please serve and exemplify him. If we truly love Jesus, we show Christ. I, I recently read a Christmas book. It was a tearjerker. I'm not into like tearjerker books, but wow, I was bawling by the end. But it's about these kids in a cancer ward and these other boys who volunteer in the ward and learn a big lesson. But they were, the kids were doing a nativity, a nativity play. And one of the, one of the children's who was a non-believer, he was an Indian child from the country of India who was, who was starting to learn a little bit about Jesus, uh, asked that wanted to be a wise man. And the director was like, no, we only have three wise men. Eventually he convinced the director he should be the, be a wise man, be the fourth wise man. But she said he had to come up with a gift to give. Throughout the story, he was stuck. What gift should I give? What gift should I give? He knew about gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And up until the start of the play, he was still he still had nothing to, nothing to say. Then he went off script. He gave an empty box to baby Jesus because it had it was his heart. Because there was nothing else he could give the King of Kings who had everything. That's all he asked for. My pastor always says, "How do you spell love?" T I M E. All Christians are called to minister. Right now, our main ministry field as dads is our kids. We are to feed into them. We are to set that example. We are to be there for him. We are to be there for them. They don't want all the stuff we get for Christmas. They enjoy it, but they'll forget about it. If we're there for them, they will remember every moment of that. My kids will remember that my wife and I were there for them at Christmas. They won't remember the amazing toys they got. I got my son a box of He-Man figures. Santa got him the ultimate Castle Grayskull. So now both of us have been Castle Grayskulled off from the big guy. It was a pretty amazing gift that we both love. And now we're both enjoying a little Castle Grayskull time together. But that's a tangent. That's, um, but they, we'll remember that. But what he'll really remember is that we were there. He'll remember that as a dad, I was here for him on Christmas. As a dad, I 
we read the Christmas story together. We read it the night before we went to bed, the night before Christmas. If you look into any common church research, you will, in or research in general, you will see that when there are failures in youth and young adults, there is also a physically or spiritually absent father. Of course, there's outliers. I was one of those who had a father who was there and took me to church and modeled, but I was a knucklehead in my early 20s. But by and large, that time is what is missing. Next week, I'll be talking about setting New Year's goals as dads. Start thinking and planning. How can you spend more time with your kids and feed into them? It is never too late. Money is the hardest conversation that people have. The most misquoted Bible verse, money is the root of all evil. That's not even the entire verse. That's wrong. It's not the way it's said. What the verse says in 1 Timothy 6.10, in the first part, part A, is the love of money is the root of all evil. If our treasure is in money, we'll struggle our entire lives. If our treasure is in Jesus and our families, we will be rich. We will willingly give of our money. I challenge you to have an open dialogue with your kid about money, with your kids about money and how you can use it to serve God. Show them when you give to the church or charity. Encourage them to do the same with their allowance, birthday money, any money they make when they're working as they get older. They will follow your money, your model with your money, not just your money. When I was a kid, it was exciting to get a dollar from my parents to put in the offering plate. In most churches, plates are probably gone, at least in ours, and some churches still pass them. But you can have them push the button on the app for digital giving or show them where the Dropbox is in your church or have them give money physically somewhere in a charity. Modeling is always the key. My kids wanted to raise money to support the Salvation Army this year. We started it last year. It was very successful in like a, a crazy COVID kind of world. The world's still in a weird phase, but we did it again where my kids, I made a video of them ringing their bells in front of our Christmas lights, and we did an online campaign, had some people stop by the houses for personal donations, and through their whole campaign, my two kids raised $2,200 for the Salvation Army. Their heart was there. Their heart wasn't in getting $2,000 for themselves, but doing something for others. It's powerful to see the joy they got in doing that and how happy they were every time I would give them an update of how it was growing through the Facebook campaign. It's amazing. And it didn't take a lot of work really either. We just had to put something up there and share it with Facebook friends. And people are more than willing to share the joy and spirit of Christmas. So it's just an amazing, amazing uh, victory to see the my kids love that. So as we wrap up the Christmas season, let's have the spirit of the Magi. Let's seek out Jesus. Let's give him gifts of time, our heart, and our money. And let's make sure not to do all this alone, but to do it with our family and model the spirit of the Magi for them and follow Jesus in all we do and kneel before that baby who is our King and our Lord. Let me pray with you. Dear God, thank you for this season that allows us to step back and listen to just a classic story that we've heard throughout our life but that each time we hear, we can look at it differently. We can learn something new from you. Help us this week to focus on giving gifts, not in the present manner of buying toys for our kids, but in giving to you, giving for you, giving of you to the world. 
Help us to model that with our children. Help us to be the examples you created us to be. Help us to show your love in all we do. We make these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope everybody has a wonderful end of the year, and I can't wait to talk to you next year. I'll see you next year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you.